Welcome to DC 360, a chance and an opportunity for us to look at quality of life and what it means to be a parent, a partner, and a human being. Thanks for following me on this journey through this thing called life where we get an opportunity to grow stronger together. Welcome back to DC 360. It's a journey. This is a journey. Here to, uh, we'll just get right into it and talk about our origin story. How it is that we got to this whole DC 360. You know, my name is Danny Coppin, but that's actually not what DC stands for. It stands for divine chaos. And when I started thinking about divine chaos and looking at it from a 360 degree angle, I stopped looking at my life as something that I needed to continually improve and work on. And I started to notice that, you know, irregardless of what I was doing, I was actually working on it and I was growing and I was getting everything it was that I thought I needed to be getting through the stress and the worry without getting it. In order to go forward, we must first go back and I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go back to when I was in high school. I'm going to just tell you guys, you know, the introductory story um, and how my life diverged. Because before 17, it was almost as if my life was perfect. Like, I mean, yeah, my, my parents grounded me for a month for going to three blocks up the road to school with some friends. Like, yeah, that happened. But they were doing what was best for me. And it was several times with me and my dad, we'd get in fights and discussions. And I remember one time. Him punching me in the chest. I was probably 15 or 16 years old. Punched me in the chest like I was a grown man. And I never hit another woman in my life. The last six weeks of high school was a doozy. And let me tell you a little bit about why it was such a doozy. I had just gotten in trouble with the school. And I remember passing my girlfriend that day in the hallway and her telling me, yo, just don't lie to them. I go in there and I'm just honest. I'm like, yeah, four months ago, I did do something like that. Learned my lesson. I will not be doing anything like that again. That was crazy. Not who I am. Okay, well, we got to suspend you from school then. Go home, tell my dad. My dad's upset, but he's not upset with me necessarily. He is upset with me, A, for having sex with this girl at school. Then he's upset with me for not using my brain and recognizing that just a small little lie, a small little mistruth and saying, no, I have not had sex with that girl at school lately or something like that would have gotten me out of so much trouble. But I wasn't thinking like that at 17. My dad's up at school. My dad's fighting for me not to get kicked out of school. They put me in ISS. I don't even know what ISS stands for. I just know the whole day at school, I'm in this individual room with one teacher where there's partitions, you can't talk to anybody, you can't say anything to anybody. It's basically like you are in trouble. We don't know what else to do with you, so we're going to put you in your own separate classroom or whatever it is. This is my last six weeks of school. I got my senior my senior orchestra trip coming up, proms coming up. All the, all the senior activities are coming up. And I'm in ISS, and they're like, you're not going to be able to go to any of your stuff. Now I'm devastated as a young adult. I mean, I'm devastated. And the only thing that's going good for me is my dad is fighting for me. 
that is literally fighting to keep me in school and able to go to these other things from the standpoint of y'all are punishing my son for something that happened four months ago. And then he told you the truth about it. And that's why you're punishing him. I thought my dad had a very good point. And so, you know, my dad ends up dying. And the next day I go into school after my dad's death. And they say, we're going to have to send you to an alternative school. Like you just can't, you can't beat the school. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm getting in trouble for something that I did four months ago that you would have never known about if I was being honest. And then you're going to say, I'm sorry about your dad's death, but we're going to send you to a different school and make sure you don't go to any of your senior year activities. Yeah, I made the mistake, right? I made the mistake. I had never been in any trouble at all in school up to that point. No trouble at all. So now I'm at this alternative school, don't have, you know, my senior trips. And look, I have been in orchestra since sixth grade. The one thing that I wanted to do was go on this senior trip with all of my my school friends. I don't really remember talking to any of my high school friends after getting in trouble. So I went from having this core group of friends that I've had since sixth grade to graduating high school. And I remember seeing them at graduation because I did get to walk the stage. That was the one thing that they were like, we'll let you walk the stage. They almost held me back for a whole nother semester. They had planned to keep me from going to college. Like, I really felt like they, the weight of the world was coming down on me. I felt like it was this injustice. Like, Look, I did the thing. I admitted to doing the thing. And never gotten in any trouble in my life at school. Like I was going to church every Sunday. I was communion. I was doing communion. I was praying. I was, you know, I was a respected member of our church. And I I'd had sex a few times in my life at that point. I met my girlfriend and, you know, at 17, I had never had sex. And then to go in to get caught up and get no sort of you know, help from the system, which, okay, I understand. It's not there for that necessarily. I can still to this day remember that to going to college and not communicating, not connecting, and not um, wanting to really uh, get to know too many people because what my fear was was that they were going to leave. And if they weren't going to leave, I was going to leave. And if I wasn't going to leave, something was going to happen or something was going to occur where we just no longer would see each other. I, I didn't know this when I was 17, 18, 19 years old. And now, look, we can go down the course of history. We could talk about what leads people to addiction. We could talk about what leads people to certain types of addictions. And I found my drug of choice. Because after my dad's death, after my girlfriend cheating on me, the only thing that I knew having sex was a type of comfort. I needed it that time. Now, look, I was a good dude. I wasn't treating women bad, but I had learned at 17 that being honest with people leads you into the pit of despair. Making a mistake leads you into the pit of despair. Right. My girlfriend ended up cheating on me with her best friend because right at the same time, my dad died. So like we got a trifecta of events here, dad's death, girlfriend cheating, getting in trouble at school. I no longer trust the system. I no longer trust people. And I'm at college. 
and they're having a Nerf gun fight. <laughs> and everybody's having fun. Everybody's having a good time. And I remember leaving that building thinking, how could they be having this kind of fun? There's too much going on in the world for people to just be having a good time. And I struggle. I, I didn't know this then. When I was 18, I didn't know that I was struggling with my dad's death. Got a girl pregnant at 19. And, and I just still remember her calling my mom one day and saying that because I didn't want to stay with her, that my dead dad was was a piece of crap and that that she was a piece of crap for not raising me right and that if I had sex with her, then I should be with her. I remember that. I remember her dad basically putting a shotgun to me and saying, you need to marry my daughter. And, and I was like, no. Like, yes, like I made a mistake. Yep, the mistake was I had sex with her. The mistake is I got her pregnant, however that happened. That was the mistake, right? Quote, unquote. But what I had learned previously, like mistakes happen. Like you just got to keep rolling. You got to keep moving. You got to keep grooving. That's what I did. So we're 17 years later, right? Like my daughter is 17 years old now. And because of the the fact that I have a 17-year-old daughter that I did not see as much as I would like to have seen, I now have twins that I get an opportunity to be with. And now I get to balance the book, if that makes any sense. I get to look at what happened um, 17 years ago and how I was interacting with my baby's mom, how I was interacting with the world, how I was interacting with my dad's death. And I get to look at now and I get to raise my children from that knowledge. Like, no, it didn't feel good going through all that stuff. No, it doesn't feel good to be 17 years into a relationship with my children and not know them. That's crap. It feels like crap. But the world keeps moving. The world didn't stop when my dad died. The world didn't stop when my girlfriend cheated on me. The world didn't stop whenever I went to this alternative school. The world didn't stop whenever all these kids were playing Nerf. The world never stopped. And I kept moving and I never, I never took any time to take a look back because every time I looked back, all I felt was pain and sorrow and hurt and, and nobody, there's nobody that could understand. I remember my freshman year of college going into a, going to a therapist. I don't even remember really talking to that person. Like I started, I said my dad and then it just started crying for the next hour where it was just like, I didn't go back to therapy because I didn't want to cry like that. Like, I didn't actually feel better after that session. I felt like, I felt emotionally better because I had cried. I felt emotionally better because I was taking a look at something I had not look, looked at before, but I wasn't ready to deal with it. I wasn't ready to investigate the nightmare, if you will. But I knew there was something there. I didn't, I didn't consciously know, but in the background of my mind, there was something there. As I went through life, these things followed me. Like I didn't shake these things for 10 years. It wasn't until I was 28 till I woke up one day and said, I need personal development because the person that I've been up to this point, I'm not satisfied with. It wasn't until 10 years later that I recognized that I didn't need to personal develop. That the person that needed developing in my mind had already made the catch, had already noticed the thing. I was already on the pathway of healing. I had already started to grow. I had already started to move in a direction that was no longer the person that I was for the last years. 
But instead of spending the time focusing my energy on what was happening currently, what was happening in the moment, I spent my time really digging into other people's wisdom, trying to find out who I was based on who everybody else was, what everybody else was doing, what everybody else was seeing as possible in the world that they lived. And it wasn't it wasn't for another 10 years that it made any sense at all to me as to why I was going through any of that stuff. When I was a senior in high school, that first semester was a magical semester because I met my psychology teacher and my psychology teacher really helped me to see that I wasn't broken. I wasn't incomplete and that I was still being worked on. So instead of, you know, canceling myself out, thinking that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't going to make it, then I could definitely just look the other direction and know that if I kept putting in time and effort, I would be good to go. Because of that, I got an amazing ACT score. Like, I don't remember now, but I remember it's what got me into school. That's for sure. <laughs> it wasn't my grades. Um, my grades were okay, though. That was that was back. Now, as we move forward, how is any of that useful? It may not be right. It may not be useful to anybody. But the whole point of this podcast is for us to look at our individual stories in such a way that we can ascertain, we can pull out what's universal, what's not personal. And there was so much in that story that felt like it was personal at 18, felt like it was personal at 17. Now, looking back, it's just like the way things are. There is divine chaos. There's divine chaos. You can define divine however you would like to. But in my world, what I'm noticing is that chaos is the norm. Now, I can think it's chaos or I could think that it's just life. And when I think that it's chaos, I start moving and I start shutting certain aspects of me down. When I start to look at life in such a way where I can see that, you know, things just seem to happen. Like they just happen. And it's not that we get an opportunity to decide whether we want to move one way or the other. That's not necessarily what I'm seeing in my life. But when that thing happens, when that thing occurs, can we give ourselves the grace? Can we give ourselves the freedom to allow a second or a third thought to come through. Usually the first thought, trash. Alright, I'll give you a, a current day example. Yesterday, kids got out of the shower or out of the bath and they're walking in the room. I walk in the exact same time as my daughter Aria. She's got a lot of water on her. I think she's like soaking wet. So I take the towel to kind of start drying her up some. And I realize she is just peeing on the floor. I mean, letting it go and like in that moment i'm like oh like a because i got pee on my hands now but b because my daughter is three years old and i don't feel like she should be peeing all over the floor go in the bathroom wash up my hands my daughter is starting to like not cry but she's sad now danny you overreacted there and the reason why i know i overreacted is because each and every one of us makes a mistake she just got out of the bath. I'm sure she wasn't thinking she needed to pee until she peed. Me as an adult, I'm thinking that she's out here trying to get me. 
and she ain't trying to get me. And that wasn't necessarily a problem, right? So that all occurs. I noticed that I I noticed in the moment I could have handled that better. Arya is not upset with me for what happened. She's just like getting herself together. And she comes in the room. I'm getting her dressed. I got like something playing on YouTube. And she changes the channel on YouTube. Now I'm frustrated. God, Arya, how are you going to just change my stuff? And I walk out the room. Now, that was divine intervention, me walking out of the room, right? Whether I know it or not. But I, I had recognized that my level of stress because of my awareness, my level of upsetness about my daughter doing this was only affected because of my mood because of her just previously peeing on the floor. Like, Would I have burst out, yo, you don't need to be touching my phone? If she hadn't already peed on the floor? Probably not. That's what I find really interesting. Is how often does something happen in your life? How often does something happen in your partner's life where it may not have affected you? It may not have affected your partner. But the next time they come and talk to you, right? The next time you go and talk to your child, next time you go and talk to your boss, you already have that level of tension in your body, unaware of it, and then you lash out. That's what happened to me when I was 17, 18 years old and my dad died. There was a certain level of tension in my body that I didn't even know was there. Not until I was 34 years old and had Bell's palsy. It took me from 17 to 34 for that energy, that stress to finally take a toll on me. But the same is true in everyday occurrences. I don't have to look back 17 years to see that in my own life. Every day, we get this opportunity to notice what is going on in our lives. And in order to be more myself, in order for you to be more yourself, it's important for us to notice the way we're engaging with the things that are important to us. Just as much as the things that aren't as important to us. But when we notice what is going on in the moment, in the things that we enjoy doing, we make these little minute corrections, whether that correction is right there in the moment or if that's for the next time. And that's true growth as a human being. True growth as a human being is natural. It just occurs. We don't have to place pressure on ourselves to grow. If you went and you put a, a heavy weight on a flower before springtime, would the flower actually bloom? Probably not because... The weight of that instrument is pressing on the soil and not allowing it to grow. How often do we stop ourselves from growth because we are so concerned with X, Y, and Z? How often do we stop ourselves from being the best version of ourselves because we are stressing and we were worried about something that happened 17 years ago? Whether it was a good reason or not. If you're listening to this right now, you have an opportunity in your own life to investigate some of the things that have occurred to you without the stress, without the worry, without the guilt, without the without all of that extra. And just take a look at it. For me, life has just been a set of neutral events that I have placed a, ne a negative or a positive charge to. In the moment, it doesn't feel like that. 
when Arya was peeing on the floor, it didn't feel like I was putting a negative or a positive charge on it. But that's what we do as human beings. We as human beings, we fall, we fail, but we get back up. We as human beings, we make mistakes, but then we're able to learn from those mistakes. We as human beings will fall into a pattern of habitual thinking and action. But we can learn from that. We can grow from that. You are not stuck being who you are just because of your past. Your past has nothing. Your path has your path has no weight on who you are right now other than the weight that you give it. So as we move together, as we as we continue this thing, we're going to keep talking about what it means to be alive, divine chaos, looking at it from a 360 degree approach. And we're going to keep growing stronger together because that's what we do as human beings. We grow stronger together. So that's it for this week. That's what I got for you. Just a quick story about it's an origin story. It's just a story of what like the thing that happened in my life to change my life forever. This event changed my life forever. And because of that, I feel so blessed to be sitting here and talking to you. Wherever you are, whether you're on a drive, washing dishes, on your run, I'm thankful for this blessed day to get an opportunity to look back over the past and see what really makes the difference. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. What really makes the difference? What is the thing that makes the difference when we don't think anything at all can? Join me next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Take care of yourself and be you.